G'day there, this is Jules Dan here from Storytelling Secrets. So glad you're here with me today. Why is that? Why am I so glad you're here with me today? Well, because this is the podcast for brand entrepreneurs who struggle to really entertain, inspire, and capture the audience's attention. And I'm going to actually show you how you use strategic stories that sell. Now, today's podcast is going to be the continuation of my last conversation with Katerina Del Faccio. Now, just to catch up to speed, we were, were going through her whole backstory, how she wanted to create this book because she felt compelled to really bring the family together at the dinner table because that is where relationships and that's where family relationships are really best held at the dinner table. And we have gone through her little journey. I've helped pull out little tiny bits, her, like her key desire, which is to feel comfort, to feel safety and to feel nourishment at the family dinner table, so we know that's what she ideally wants to produce uh, for her end reader. But now, you know, she's she's had a little epiphany moment, she was going to break down, and what happened next? Her, her son told her, you can't give up on this, because, you know, all my other friends, they eat in their room. And they look forward to coming over and eating at our home. And her husband was 100% behind her. And not only that, but everyone, when she was about to quit at the 2CCX, ClickFunnels coaching program, everyone pulled her out like, no, 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 you, you can't do this. And then just a little bit of fate happened. And that was, she got up on stage, had a photo with Russell Brunson. And then the next day, her photo was up there on the 2CCX. So all these different signs saying, look, you can't quit. You're so, so close. And today's episode is going to be finishing off that story on what was her plan? What were her next steps? And how did she feel transformed from that very first person who was in college, eating all this fast food, and then eventually went to Europe, to France, and experienced cuisine like Nana and a family dinner experience like Nadala, and how she really crushed those beliefs into someone who she is today. This is the story of Katerina Del Faccio. I hope you enjoy it, and I'll see you next week for Storytelling Secrets on Monday. What was the plan of action when you sort of realized, look, the cards are really in my favor. I'm I'm actually going to do this. I just went back to my to-do list. Like, just went right back to the plan. So I was working on this, then sit down and keep working on it. You're writing the book, you're building your social media, whatever was on my, you know, my task list, whatever the project was, I just went right back and picked up and started doing it again. Okay. And did you have any sort of still any conflicts? You were still, you got that passion back. Did you have any sort of still character conflicts along that way? Imposter syndrome, I still imagine might still be there. Um, Man, who doesn't? Who's never going to get rid of that? So, um, 51 never had a social media account, even for personal use. So I opened a Facebook account, I opened an Instagram account and I was like, just finding, just putting something in, in here. I'm going to publish a book and I'm like, I can't write a post and publish it because it's like out there forever. And what if somebody sees it? Okay. That's funny. That I got over, you know, what are they going to think when they look at it? My colors aren't pretty. I have no idea what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Then I have to get on video. I have to do a video. I mean, this, like, I just, so I started, I think I did my first one. I don't even know. I don't even know when I did it. That'd be good to know, but it's been a while. 
but I did one the other day and I thought, oh my gosh, like this is the first time I haven't felt like I needed a glass of wine right after I got up a video. Yeah. Um, you know, cause you feel like that's just intense. Now I do them in the car, you know, I mean, it's, do you ever feel it, it, like I have to do it. I have so much to say. I have to say it. I have to say what I, what just happened to me. I have to say what I'm thinking about for dinner tonight. I have to tell you this idea because it might help you. And there's still a part of you that wonders like how you look or what they're going to think of your house or what if, you know, it doesn't come up. I, what I really worry about the most is am I explaining this so that you are getting what I want you to get? Like that mm -hmm. to me is the biggest problem. I'm pretty much over how I look and how my kitchen looks, but how are, am I explaining it right? Am I teaching this? Am I, am I getting the point? Cause I want to help you. <laughs> um, so I think I lost the point of the question again there. That's okay. That's okay. So it was all about your conflict and like what sort of things you were dealing with. And it sounds like, you know, for the first time being on social media, you kept asking yourself, is this the right thing? And then you kept telling yourself, no, I'm on the right path. So yeah, you know, this is actually really good. Towards the end now, you're almost finished your book now. Um, but I imagine if you're posting quite often, there's going to be some people messaging you saying, Hey, you've really touched my life. Have you had any of those moments? Oh my gosh. I've had so many. And somebody just today, just like 20 minutes ago, she said, um, I talked to her yesterday and I said, I'm doing this thing on Tuesdays. Like what's in your kitchen, Instagram live. So you tell me what you have and I'll tell you what to cook. And mm -hmm. it's just a fun thing but it's very helpful because women don't know it's a challenge to figure out what's for dinner. So she said, I have this, this, and this. And I said, okay, you can make this, this, or this. She did it. She sent me a picture of her dinner. She recorded her son saying how he liked it. He's four and they haven't been able to get him to eat much other than frozen chicken fingers and pizza. Yep. <laughs> and he said it was really good. And he ate too. I've had somebody tell me that I've improved their marriage. I think she said save their marriage. That's I've had huge. people, the game changer, I mean, 10 families, just amazing stuff. Cause this is, um, there's a lifestyle component to this. It's right. It's all relationship. This is, it can, it has the power to heal families, not just connect them, but actually heal them. And, and I'm getting feedback. It's amazing. So exciting. Yeah. yeah. So how would you describe yourself as the person who, started out on this journey many, many years ago when you first went to Europe and experienced this, like, could you describe, and you had this inkling and in you, can you sort of describe to me in maybe three words of what that looked like? How I feel about um, being the same person. So yeah, like before you got to Europe and before you, just before you landed in Europe and you got to experience this really, really good um, home cooking and just environment, like you said, nourishing, safety, mm -hmm. comfort, um, before you had that, like what, what were the sort of like emotions in your head about how you felt about yourself? Um, that I'm not sure. I'm really clear on the question. What did I think about myself before I left for France? And then when it, when it came to say like approaching to maybe even not about yourself, but just like your attitude towards dinner and having a family environment at dinner. Oh, well, um, so I was struggling with how I was eating before I left. 
because I grew up on fast food. So I was still eating it when I went before I went to France mm -hmm. and I just started cooking because I was not in shape. You know, I wasn't like, <laughs> I thought I'm getting kind of fat and I eat McDonald's and I probably shouldn't do that. So I started trying to cook and, um, yeah, when I came back, I mean, I never, I haven't had fast food since then. I don't eat any junk and I eat like all animal fat. I drink wine every day. We eat dessert every day. It's like mm -hmm. big European dinner and I'm skinny. So people often, I think it, they look at me like I can't be, <laughs> you can't be your age and eat like you do. And no, but the Europeans aren't fat. So there's, mm -hmm. there's a correlation. Secret, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, so I don't know if I'm answering your question. No, you are. So um, yeah. I want to touch on that point just really quickly because I want to like contrast it from like before and then after. So let's just say, did you still know that you would you you weren't really doing the right thing, but you just chose um, fast food anyway? So how did that make you feel when you say like afterwards when you had that? So this is a part of my story. Again, I thank you for this because I've known there's a component here to weave into what I do but I've never been able to put that story together. It actually needs to go in my book somewhere. Um, I knew something wasn't right, of course, like I said. And I remember trying to, I, I know exactly what I was cooking in college when I started cooking. Mm -hmm. And when I came back, I had this, all, all these ideas. And I was, that's when I really started to cook when I came back from France. But I see women look at food with, with disdain, right? If I eat that cake, I'll get fat. And there's such a weight issue in this country. And so much of our food is full of preservatives and sugars and, you know, and we don't have good eating habits, frankly, right? We're snacking and um, there's this love hate with food. So that absolutely changed for me. I mean, since the age of 21, I haven't, I mean, I made bad choices when I came back from picking certain ingredients. I would because I, I didn't know how to cook. So I was reading recipes and it said, put a can of soup in this and make this casserole. And I was doing that. It took me, I think like seven, eight years to realize that food, some of the ingredients I'm buying are not good. And it's just, you need pure, fresh, like a tomato and the way I cook now, like good, good meats, good, like whole food. So that is a key to food is such an amazing, amazing pleasure, right? If we enjoy good food every day, like that's, it's so sensual. It's amazing. We can have that experience every day, family or not. Right. And eating that way and not having processed foods that can help so many people just emotionally and from a weight loss, you know, from a weight management and a health, having better health. Yep. So that was a huge transformation for me. I mean, I eat a lot, but I do not eat any crap, but I eat butter, wine, meat. I love all the animal fat, <laughs> like all yep. the fat on the meat, but nothing processed. Okay, like great. That's the major transformation. I, I would just, almost at the very end, I just need to pull out this little tiny bit. So someone who is, was in that same position as you, who might be there right now, and they're looking, they're eating fast food and maybe, maybe that, that's the only option they have, but maybe they're touching it and they're disdaining it. How did you feel afterwards when you're in that situation many, many years ago? And like, what was that motion going through when you ate that meal and afterwards, how would you feel maybe about yourself? So I think, you know, ignorance is bliss, right? And so I remember eating like McDonald's and having a, um, oh, 
there was some candy bar, like a Reese's cup, right? I remember actually eating that in college once, watching TV and eating this, and you don't feel great. And then I remember that dinner in Paris, and I ate three, four courses, because they served you a little something before, and wine, and a before dinner drink and after dinner drink, I must've had like a bottle of alcohol, right? And all this food. And I remember how light I felt, like how I had digested. I didn't feel heavy and it was the quality of the food. So that's a big thing I think for people to understand here, even like packaged foods or quick meals that are organic, you know, they're, they can still have a lot of still have stuff preservatives in them. Yeah. So what you, when you eat good, food, you know, it has an energy. All, everything has energy. When we touch our food, when we prepare our food, it could be a simple pasta with just like olive oil and basil for our kids. We make that. We, we feel good feeding them this food mm-hmm. and they eat that, that energy. They eat that love. They feel good. If we make a box macaroni and cheese for them, even if we sit down and talk to them and have a lovely conversation, it's a completely different energy our bodies feel different from it because the food makes us those two foods are different they're going to make us feel differently but the the energy in those two foods is completely different and we 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 feel that energy when we whatever we eat right so when i had part of my system is it's called stock it prep it roll it and toss it we don't have to go through all that but the toss it part is things that you it's really cool it works but the toss it part is like let's toss that out like a jarred pasta sauce or the box macaroni and cheese and i'm going to give you a replacement for it Mm -hmm. and you eat those do the two they they take the same amount of time mine's usually faster in many cases and cost less and it's amazing and you will feel completely different emotionally and physically awesome stuff katarina can you help me write uh, my book? <laughs> <laughs> awesome. I'm going to get this. Yeah, this is, a, this is a very nice process. We've got some really good contrasting emotions, which I think is going to be dynamite marketing material for your copy. Um, and just that we're just going to, I'm going to go through that transcript and send it across to you. But um, yeah, any parting words for you? You'll be the first person to be on Storytelling Secrets to go on th- through this process. Um, How do you feel about it? And if you've got any other takeaways, for my audience, go for it. Well, I have to tell you, I've been working on this for, as I said, over a year and I've done a lot with it. And this was fabulous. Awesome to hear. Really good. And, and you hit two things personally that I have been trying to figure out myself that I've been trying to see the, the link. I know there's a story in there. I know that what happened, those two things are important and I need to be sharing them, but I haven't been able to figure out how, and I haven't made the connections. So you're good. Uh-huh. Awesome. What a little testimonial right there. Thank you so much, Katerina, for oh, hopping on today. All right. That is a wrap for the very first story, pulling out whatever you want to call this process. Man, I've got to come up with a name for this process. Um, got some brainstorming too. But yeah, that, that's the full interview. And you're going to notice that it's not a super linear sort of conversation. Definitely not. Definitely not. You know, I you know I have to interrupt a couple of times to go back and get some details, which breaks every interviewer rule. Um, but it, it's so essential for this sort of interview because we're really getting deep into um, what's important to her and her past 
what she was feeling like in her past and really contrasting with how she feels now. And that's so important for your stories. I, I can't say that enough. And if someone is going through this process with you, um, you have permission to interrupt. You have permission to go ahead and ask them, like, how did you make you feel? Or like, can you, can you describe to me in like three words what it was like to you when you were going before this journey and then what's it like now? And if they go off on a tangent a little bit, like, that's okay because if you keep digging, you keep digging, you will find that one sentence persuasion uh, sentence that I keep talking about and that is people do anything for those who encourage their dreams, justify their failures, allay their fears, confirm their suspicions and help them throw rocks at their enemies and if you let them talk and you guide their direction but you have a story narrative that you can polish up a little bit and get them there but you can pick out those really good bits, that is how you're going to craft a winning story. I'm going to leave it at that. So thank you so much for joining me on Storytelling Secrets this week. Guess who I've got next week on Thursday? I talk I talk about him a lot and I've got him on the podcast, Mr. Pete Godfrey. We've already, we've already done a recording since then and uh, oh, it's, it's a great conversation about... Um, our copy, he's a copywriting genius, by the way, and uh, he's sold tens of millions of dollars for his clients um, through the power of story. So definitely tune in next week where we uncover, you know, why storytelling is so effective, how you can actually like get better at it, uh, some of the mistakes he's seeing everywhere. And uh, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. But anyways, I'm going to see you Monday for the solo show with Storytelling Secrets. My name is Jules Dan. Hope you're having a great week, weekend, and I'll see you Monday.